0: You are tuned into your voice, your power with Anika. Real lives, real stories, and real hope through transformational leadership. You have entered the safe zone, the safe space for creatives, executives, business owners, dreamers, and leaders of the new school, sharing tips, tools, and resources to thrive with authenticity as authorities on a global scale. Transformation is power, and so is your truth. Stay tuned for The Real Deal with Anika and her guests. Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice your power. I am Anika Wilson and today I have with me a longtime friend who happens to be an expert in marketing and as entrepreneurs it runs our world. So I want to introduce to the world the amazing, the fabulous Vladimir Adonis.
1: Awesome. I love that intro, and I love how cool you were able to introduce me. I'm not as cool, but I'm going to pretend to be as cool as I possibly can. Thank you very much, Anika, for allowing me the opportunity to be able to, you know, to chat and to be able to talk about what it is that I know via your show. I'll keep it English, although I'm a Haitian descent. I won't speak any Creole on your show.
0: I'm cracking up because I was picking on you the other day. out. You said something about Creole and I was like, you will completely lose me because although I have these freckles, you know, and I, you know, am a prude home, I don't know a lick of Creole and you would just, yeah, I'd just say, okay, it sounds good. It sounds real good, but yeah, no, but shout out to South Florida. You are in my home.
1: Certainly South Florida. It is loving it and shout out to you and the wonderful Hawaii.
0: Oh, yeah. They say it's paradise. (laughs) All right. So can you tell the world who are you and
1: what do you do? Certainly. I love to start off by just going through my backstory because I I feel as those stories are very important. And kind of like most people, in order to make a living, I once had a job. My most recent job before I went into entrepreneurship is that I worked as an executive for a small university. I did that for about 12 years. And five years into that role, I said to myself, you know what, I don't see myself doing this role indefinitely. So then I had to answer a very important question. The first question that I had to answer is, if I don't continue down that path, it was a well-paying job, they treated me very, very well, what am I going to do? And the thing that I said to myself back in 2015 is I said to myself, I wanna be an entrepreneur. Now that's pretty big and that's pretty broad. And if you can imagine, quite a few people who are currently employed may say to themselves that they want to be an entrepreneur, but we may not necessarily do anything about it. I said, I don't want to be that guy. So then I need to go and do something about it. So I said to myself, I want to go into a business that's evergreen and a business that's going to be around for a very long time. And back then the business model that made sense to me was the dating industry. I said, you know what, dating is something that's going to be around for a very long time. So why don't I launch a dating site as a vehicle? to go into entrepreneurship. So what I decided to do is I decided to hire and pay a programmer close to $30,000 to build me a dating slash a dancing type of website. Because again, that was going to be my vehicle into entrepreneurship. Fast forward a year and a half from the time that I paid this individual, I launched the site. But to my surprise though, I had a hard time getting members. I had a hard time drawing it. And because I paid $30,000 for it at that time, I felt as though I had a lot of skin in the game and it wasn't going to be one of those things where I was going to say, oh, well, this doesn't work out. Let me just move on and go do something else. I went to work. I went to work to learn how to do lead generation, how to do marketing, Facebook ads, et cetera, just so this project could be viable. And about seven months into my journey of me learning and implementing, the site started to pick up and things started to grow. But unfortunately, I learned that I was in violation of copywriting laws. And for that reason, I was forced to shut down the entire site. You see the members of that site had the ability to upload music and dance videos, et cetera. And because I don't have the rights to any of that content, I was forced to shut the entire thing down. So then I was like, okay, by this time, I spent close to $80,000 on this project. Okay, what am I going to do next? So I simply decided to just take what I had learned around lead generation marketing, et cetera. And I saw that in my building that people were hosting workshops around their knowledge and or their expertise. So I just started to use what I had learned and started to host workshops around lead generation, around marketing for two reasons. Reason number one, I wanted to see if other entrepreneurs could benefit from what I had learned. Reason number two, I wanted to see if I can one day turn that skill set and or that knowledge into a business. So then after hosting close to 60 workshops, validating my concept and just feeling comfortable with my craft and helping other individuals. I decided to go into entrepreneurship full-time to do what I do today, lead generation, marketing, and helping individuals take what it is that they know and turn it into an online coaching program. So that's how I've arrived to where I'm at today. Now, I didn't give you the two-hour version, but I know I gave you the longer version of my backstory just to be able to paint a picture as to how I got where I'm at today.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes because we're talking $80,000 later. We're painting pictures and you said something else. You said you didn't want to be that guy. What guy, hold on, break that down. What guy is that?
1: So the guy that that is, is that I have two wonderful kids. I have a 17 year old and I have a 13 year old. And one of the things that I say to them is I say to them, I want you to work hard and I want you to do hard things. And for me, I found myself being a hypocrite at one point. And why was I hip- Why was I a hypocrite? Because I was going through a job that was amazing. The job paid me well, but from a, from a challenge standpoint, I wasn't challenged, there was no constraints. I was meeting and exceeding all of my objectives. So I can't be, you know, so I was like, okay, so if I'm doing that, I need, I need to go ahead and create some type of a constraint. And the whole notion of going into business and being a business person, I know just from my experience at the time, quite a few people talk about the idea. It's almost like a fantasy Like you know what, what is your next move after employment? It's I'm going to go into a business. It's just like a it's just like it's a fantasy type of conversation. So I don't want to be that person that says, yeah, I want to go into business, but never actually do it. So I didn't want to be that guy.
0: I brought that up because there's a lot of that guy and that girl out there and and I wanted you to call them out. There's so many people who sit at their job in misery. You know, they're just, they're miserable and it doesn't matter why. Um, Job satisfaction has so many different things, flexibility, you know, um, whether you're treated right, not treated right, but but you highlighted something that's so important that a lot of people can relate to. And that's, that's not being challenged. You know, the one thing entrepreneurship does do is that it challenges you every day. No day is the same. Every no conversation is the same. Something different comes out of it. You learn something new. You stretch yourself. You grow in ways that you didn't even know you can grow. You find muscles and brain cells that you didn't know exist. But that is what a lot of people are looking for, especially creatives. you know, and you have to be a creative to really find, first of all, your niche, which a lot of people never find. And I, my mission on this podcast is to really hit a pain point to find the the turning point and you mentioned yours and i don't know if you speak on this but you absolutely mentioned it you went into digging deeper in the lead generation because you were trying to grow an existing business you were like okay i had this bright idea thought i had all the pieces put together invested in it and it went and you had to find a way to make it you know thrive but in doing that you found a passion For lead generation and marketing which is something that's extremely intimidating for most you know especially as entrepreneurs we have this vision this coaching program this this problem that we solve for people but we have no idea how to get it in front of the right people how to explain it to people in in plain language how to position it in the right places where those people are and you have decided that that's what you're going to spend your life doing every day all day
1: yeah, certainly I have. And it is certainly, um, you know, a challenge. And I'm glad that I that I, you know, went through that challenge because I had some people that were holding me accountable at that time, to be honest with you, that I didn't really ask to be held accountable. Namely, my kids, um, you know, my wife at the time, you know, my wife's a sister. And she's like, wait a second, you mean to tell me you're going to spend all of this money and you're going to just sit your behind there and you ain't, you ain't going to do nothing about it? Like, my wife wasn't having it. So I had to get to work.
0: She's like, fix it, fix it fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But you know what? We need that fire sometimes because, you know, a lot of times we don't have the drive. We may have the idea, but if there's not a driving force, there's nothing that's making us push to the next level. We get complacent. I know for me, for three years, I didn't have an offer. I was so convinced that I had to be credible. I had to, you know, build my credibility, build my brand. And I mean, I was just kind of floating in thin air, just, you know, doing a podcast or whatever. But I didn't necessarily have clients. And the clients I had were kind of accidental. Like I would get these big projects and I was just like, oh, yeah, I know how to do that. Let me do this. But, you know, to your point, that accountability is a huge factor. But you also said something that to me has always, been the core of everything that I do and the one core value that I have is I hate to be a hypocrite and you said that and I it drives me because there are a lot of things that you can do in your business that may be unethical to you you know you you have your limits of what you're willing to do to make it work but the reason why you came out of corporate, the reason why we create what we create is to have the flexibility, but to also do things that are in alignment with our morals and values. And, you know, being a hypocrite for me is one of the worst things you can ever do. And we do find ourselves doing things that we were like, I'm not going to go to that extreme, or I'm not going to do it like this person, or I, I, I refuse to do this or that or this. And so have you ever found yourself doing something to try to get to the level that you were trying to get to? Have you ever seen yourself actually being that dude?
1: Yeah, in terms of, you you know, trying to get to that level and then trying to do those different things, I have. And I have to, I think when it boils down to it, it's about us being honest with ourselves. I know that in order to be successful, I have to be, you know, honest with myself. There's going to be times where there's going to be things that's just not going to work in my business and I have two options. I can just pretend that I know what I'm doing. I can, you know, pretend that I have it all figured out and I can continue to just not be honest with myself or I can go ahead and face the challenge and say, okay, this is the challenge that I'm having. The good news is that there's a way to fix it and there's a way to solve that challenge and I can go about solving that challenge. So I think I found myself in that position. And the one thing that I have to be able to do is I just have to be You know, honest with myself. And when we are honest with ourselves, like I was trying to grow a quote unquote dating site using organic marketing at some point. And it was, I thought it was going to take off, but it didn't take off. So then I had to be honest with myself. Like, you know what? Now I need to go and look at a different methodology. And the problem I found in myself and sometimes in others is is when we are not honest with ourselves and we're not willing to face the fact and go and do something about um, the honesty that we just identified.
0: That's, that's something that I think that every entrepreneur struggles with because that comparison, like, you know, I tell my clients, okay, I need you to limit three groups on Facebook. Do not follow anymore. Because if I hear another word about Les Brown or Lisa Nichols, I get it. But as long as you're sitting there comparing yourself to somebody that you didn't see the very beginning of this process and you didn't see the organic marketing trials and all that, which you know for every business there's a different way there's a different delivery system you know there's a different way to approach it but you know that comparison like you just said it's dishonest you know it's it's not who you are how you are or where you are and therefore if you continue to wrap your brain around something that's not possible right now then you're going to be stagnant yeah what
1: that's a, that's that. a great yeah that's a, that's a great point yeah. That is definitely a great point. And I would say probably one of the best people in my life right now that helps me to kind of just align that because I'm, I'm competitive um, you know, in nature. So from a competition standpoint, I am almost going to be 41 years old. And one of the things that I try to do on a consistent basis is compete with my son who's 17. He's you know a lot taller than me. He's much faster than me. And I literally come home like on a Sunday when we play basketball, I play with Sometimes I play with kids his age and I have to take like a three hour nap. And my wife has to remind me that, you know, you're not 40. I mean, you're not 17. You can't really play at that extent. Yes, you can be competitive, but these guys are not on your level. So, you know, maybe play a handful of games with them and then, you know, knowing you need to kind of just stop and have several
0: seats.
1: Yeah, you're you're just not at their level.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm cracking up because I feel like I know exactly where you're talking about. But that's hilarious how you use that as a comparison. But it's very true. You know, we have to, we have to, for one, as coaches, we have to meet our clients where they're at. But, you know, as clients, as entrepreneurs, we also have to be realistic about our expectations. And for you, I'm competitive with myself. Like I am the I am, I am suffering. No, I'm recovering from perfectionism. Um, because there's a million projects that the world doesn't know about because I'm like, oh, it's not good enough. And then I talk to somebody and I'm like, oh, well, they didn't even know that. So guess what? I must be on to something, you know? And that's, that's the thing that we do struggle with because we are everything, you know? We're the marketer, the CEO, the trainer, the HR department, the whatever. And that gets really hard. It's, it's you know, it's, it's not only challenging, it's extremely rewarding, but it could also be crippling at the same time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Most, most certainly (laughs) I completely agree with you.
0: (laughs) I think that's why, um, let me ask you this. So in, in that context, like where do you find solace? Like where do you find support as an entrepreneur? This is something we don't talk about a lot. Like where, where, and how do you seem to find support in your journey right now?
1: So I definitely find support from, um, you know, from my wife and my family. Um, although I don't do a good job of listening, to be honest with you, I don't do a good job of turning it off. So when she desires to take vacation and it's vacation mode, the last time we were on, you know, vacation, I am sitting here and saying, hey, you know what, I have enrollment calls or I have, you know, quote unquote, sales calls. And she, and those are calls that I had to, you know, I had to take. And I remember taking a call and a client coming on and just me starting to work with that client right away, even though I had the ability to kind of just push that off. So I, I struggle with that. And that is not a strong point of mine. Knowing, you know, when to turn it off, and knowing, knowing, um, you know, how to turn it off. Yeah,
0: and you also have a group.
1: I do have a group. Yes, I do have a group. I have a group online. Um, I have a, a Facebook group online. It's called Black Creators Connect, and essentially, some of the things that we do there is I've hosted virtual workshops and I've hosted virtual networking events. That would allow me and other entrepreneurs to go ahead and network and connect with one another. Um, I must say that I've met and I've been able to collaborate with some amazing entrepreneurs via, you know, via that group. And in addition to that, I do have two other guys that are here in the South Florida area that are entrepreneurs as well that we we keep a close. Um, I would say we keep a close eye on each other. Let's just put it that way. On their accountability
0: partner. From an
1: accountability standpoint, we keep a close eye on each other. I was just talking to them earlier today. Hey, Vladimir, what is it that you're working on? And, you know, you've been working on this project for X number of days or X number of months. When are you going to complete it? And that type of stuff. So I have a small group of individuals that I do that with as well, because from an accountability standpoint, sometimes we, um, (laughs) we need other people to be able to remind us and to, hold
0: us accountable via this journey. -hmm. I do know. And the one thing that I also know is it's hard being the entrepreneur because the one thing that we did not sign up for is the fact that we are our brand. So even our personal Facebook posts, they're perceived, you know, our clients are looking, people are looking. Um, And we didn't sign up for that. Like you said, it's hard to disconnect. Um, Last week, I literally like put every screen down. I was like, I I am just stimulated out. I cannot do another ping, ding or dong. Like I I, I have to disconnect. And I think that we have to start giving ourselves permission because we're not productive. You know, we're not as productive as we would be. We're great at teaching self-care. We're great at teaching boundaries. We're great at teaching accountability. We're really good at that. But we are the worst patients, the worst clients and the worst hypocrites when it comes to those things. So I'm with you. I was at a hotel Sunday with my kids with my computer. I was doing homework, but of course I was looking at client information as well. Um, but I call it market research, you know, it's, you know, it's yeah. research, but no, yeah. you're, you know, to that point we, we minimize it, but it's very, very true. Um, and I always ask that question because, you know, there isn't a lot of support for entrepreneurs where we can literally take our hats off and not be the brand and just be able to have real deal conversations. Um, and that's something that I always like to highlight. And I always like to stress to everybody is self-care is, it's paramount. And as entrepreneurs, you know, I, I get up at 4.30 in the morning and I start working sometimes instantly. And I've been beating myself up lately because at two o'clock, I'm like, I'm fizzling. I'm looking for the recliner and I'm like, and then <laughs> I'm still getting messages and I'm like, what is wrong with me? Why do I have an attitude? And I finally realized, well, you've already been 10 hours in. And you know now it's time to literally go to bed. Like for me, I would love to, but it's still bright outside. But you know, these are the things—the unrealistic expectations that we put on ourselves—and um, I think that's something that we have to do better at. But also letting the world know that you're not alone. But we we definitely
1: need to do better. Yeah, certainly. And the thing that I don't realize the the, the challenge that I've had is that when I worked as an executive, I had a team of about 22 people at some point, and I had no issues with delegation, and I had no issues with kind of just managing some of those projects, but man, as an entrepreneur, I have such a hard time believing or thinking that other people can accomplish tasks that, you know, that they can accomplish. I have a hard, hard time just letting it go. This is my man This is me, you know, X, Y, Great. and Z, so on and so forth. I'm like, I need to learn to let it go, but it has not been very easy for me, and um, I know if I don't, you know, (laughs) heed to that warning, it's going to allow me, or not allow me to grow in the way that I need to grow, but I can't understand it, but that is definitely a challenge of mine.
0: I absolutely agree, because I literally have had a team for two years now, and for some reason, I'm still doing the graphics, and still typing, still doing everything, and I'm like, oh, but it's stress, you know, it's stress relief, and I'm like, no, it's not, because I'm not even going to use it anyway, because I'm going to chop it up, you know, and, and these are the things that we do, but it's great that we have awareness of our issues. That's the first step. And then we start the recovery process. And then there's 12 steps for, you know, all of that. But no, that's absolutely true. But you've got something coming up. You've got a, um, you've, you're launching a workshop. Tell us about it.
1: Yes, it's the Content Framework Workshop. And what I realized about maybe like a year and a half ago, is I realized that I still get inquiries and I still get contacts and I still get leads for my dating site. Now my dating site you know, launched in 2015 and I no longer, I, I, was, I was forced to shut it down late 2016, 2017. But for the reason I still get leads and I still get inquiries from it. So I had to go back and say, okay, why is it that a site that no longer exists Why am I still getting these? And why am I still getting inquiries from it? When I go back and I look at it, it's because of some of the assets that I created as part of having the dating site. So back when I had the dating site, I got into um, blogging. So I was creating these pieces of content and I was doing what we call search engine optimization so that when people are looking for services that are similar to my service, I could be found on the first page of Google. So I publish these pieces of content on Yelp, on all types of different sites. And what's happening is that people are coming to me as a result of that content, even though I no longer have that business. And here's what's even funny. I am married, but my wife will tell you that don't take any dating advice from me at all. Like I'm I'm not the right type of individual to get any type of dating advice from. But yet I've had a handful of people that's gotten in touch with me as a result of finding my content to, for the sole purpose of wanting me to coach them. I had a young lady, um, you know, I want to say early part of last year, get in touch with me and say, you know, hey, I am trying, uh, you're a Caribbean man. I am trying to connect with the Caribbean man. I want you to show me and walk me through what is the secret to winning the heart of a Caribbean man. And I had to laugh at her and say, like, darling, I'm just not the right person, you know, for that per se. Ended up having to refer her. So I'm saying all of this to say to you it's because of a framework that I've been using, you know, to create content. So it's a content framework that I use to get leads. It's a content framework that I use for emails, a content framework that I use for um, for videos. And I'm going to be sharing that content framework via the workshop so that entrepreneurs can use that framework to go ahead and get leads, to go ahead and get sales and to include it as part of their marketing process.
0: And everybody knows everybody struggles with that because no matter what project you have, the process is different and and the framework needs to be different. A lot of us try to use the same thing for everything and that doesn't always work.
1: Yeah, most certainly. So yeah, so it's the the framework that I've been using um, for quite some time now.
0: And you're also known for your specialty of how to get prospects to say yes.
1: Yes, certainly. I... I developed that framework of how to get prospects to say, yes, it's a four-step framework. And it appears as though we have time. If we have time, you know, it take, give or take, it takes me about 20 minutes to go over the framework. So if we have time, I can go ahead and introduce you to step number one. It's a four-step process. So with your permission, let me know if we have the time and I can go ahead and do it or we can just talk high level. You let me know.
0: I think that we need to do a workshop or they need to come see you at the InfoAction Conference in Houston.
1: Okay. All right. So that's something that we can definitely, we'll plant the seed for now. We'll say it's a four-step micro-commitment strategy. And that four-step micro-commitment strategy allows individuals to say yes to you. I believe, maybe I picked this up when I was running the dating site, I believe that it's all about micro-commitment. So if you desire to connect with someone, one of the things that I used to you know create content around when I had the dating site is that if a, if a male Or if an individual is looking to connect with someone on the dance floor, I, you know, share with them a micro way to be able to make that connection. And then that micro commitment can eventually lead to a bigger commitment. So for me, it's all about how do I get the individual that's the right fit for me to make a micro commitment with me? Because a portion of those individuals that that, 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 uh, that tell me a small yes, some of them will make bigger commitments and they'll get bigger yeses.
0: Everybody needs that. Conversions is is the key to success and sustainability but lord knows it is definitely a challenge if you don't have a strategy
1: yep certainly yep most certainly
0: all right so what takeaways do you have for our guest today
1: so the takeaway basically just goes through the journey that i've been through is whatever's worth having it's just it's, it's not you know it's not easy has it been an easy journey but for me throughout the time that I've been an entrepreneur? No, it, it hasn't been. Has it been worthwhile? Yes, it has been. Have I been able to create um, a story and or impact for the individuals that are watching me? When I say the individuals that are watching me right now, the, the two most important people um, you know, in my life, including you know, my wife or my kids, and those individuals are watching me. So I can't necessarily you know, throw in the towel and so should, you shouldn't either, right? So you shouldn't throw in the towel. You should know that it's meant to be difficult at the beginning. Um, I think, you know, Nika was talking about, you know, sometimes we look at the people who have already arrived and we're trying to compare ourselves to those individuals. We have no idea how many years those people were spending to kind of just, you know, pound the pavement over and over and over and over again before they'd made it there. So, you know, I guess my takeaway would be stay the course, Keep going. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be difficult. Um, and just, just state, of course, you'll definitely achieve the goal. And when possible, I would say, you know, obtain help. Right? You have individuals like, you know, like Anika. Before this, <laughs> before this conversation, she gave me, you know, some nuggets. She gave me some things that I am going to go back from an implementation standpoint to implement to be able to grow my business. So I believe that if you surround yourself around people like, you know, like Anika, people like individuals who've already obtained the knowledge and or expertise, they can most certainly shortcut your your success. Um, At one point in time, I was using my knowledge and or my expertise to charge almost nothing for it. And someone came along the way and say, hey, you know what, people are paying a lot more money for this knowledge and or this expertise. And And I hired that individual so that that person could show me how I can turn my knowledge and my expertise into a paid program? They showed me how to do that, and you know, sometimes we, I think, our situations, our circumstances, and our lives creates beliefs. So for a very long time, for about you know, I, I worked at a, at, a, at a college. Twelve years I was an executive. Prior to me being an executive at a college, I worked at another college. So in total, I worked at university and or college for about 16, 17 years. And the way that I thought that things should work is that in order for you to get paid for what it is that you do, you have to have some type of a degree and you have to be properly credentialed, right? I didn't necessarily look at it from, hey, if I just go out and have an experience and or an expertise, but I don't have the, uh, the degree, I can't necessarily get paid for it. Well, you can get paid for it if you solve a problem in a marketplace. If you have a knowledge, if you have an expertise and it really does solve a problem in a marketplace, you can definitely, um, you know, get paid for it. But my conditioning was completely different based on my environment. So sometimes, if you are hearing people like myself, you're hearing people like Nika that's telling you, "Hey, this is the journey, this is the path," and you start to question it. Sometimes it's just based on your current environment and or your current mindset and beliefs. And I challenge you to question it
0: you dropping nuggets all over and I'm just trying to catch them because you're, you, you're telling the truth. You know, you're talking about the power of knowledge. If you solve a problem in the marketplace and, and that's all you need to start a business. You know, the whole point of this is your voice, your power with Anika because your voice is your power. So many times we talk ourselves into things and we talk ourselves right on out of it. And we feel like we're inadequate. We feel like we don't have enough. I think you might have even told me before I started my PhD, Anika, you don't need it. Because I was like, oh, but you know, maybe I need to do more because in my mind, I was like, oh, if I have these letters, nobody will question my integrity because, you know, marketing is hard. And when you have something that you know that somebody needs, it takes a lot of energy to strategize how to deliver it in a way that they understand how you solve the problem. But we get caught up on that. And that's not what's important. What's important is providing a service to somebody that you said will shortcut success. And that is what we all need.
1: Certainly, certainly, certainly.
0: <laughs> I want to thank you for being here. And of course, I'm always going to bring you back. And I'm going to reintroduce you to the world over and over and over again. And, and because you just, you're awesome at what you do. And um, your story definitely resonates with many.
1: Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to be on your show, Nika. I appreciate it.
0: Always a pleasure. And to all of you, as I always say, stay powerful.